Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The nation's power grid regulator is poised to lose its biggest climate advocate this year, and it could potentially shut down one of the White House's best avenues to push its green policies. Politico broke the news on Friday that one of the three commissioners at the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, Allison Clements, will not be seeking a second term. That's a big deal because FERC is supposed to be a five-person commission, so the numbers aren't exactly going in the right direction. But even beyond that, FERC is expected to take on a more prominent climate and energy role this year as the Biden administration pushes to decarbonize the power grid by 2035. So today we chat with Politico's Catherine Morehouse about the drama at FERC and what it means for Biden's energy agenda. It's Monday, February 12th. So two kind of big things happened on Friday. The first thing was the White House announced that FERC's Willie Phillips, who was acting chair since about a year ago, was officially no longer acting chair. He is chair of the commission. The acting chair is really, it's a political designation. It doesn't really mean anything. It's just symbolic. But what it kind of did was it basically left a threat in the air, if you will, that at any time the White House could remove Phillips and and put someone else in as chair. Of course, they can do that at any time anyway, but that was clearly the message they were trying to convey. So shortly after the White House announced that Phillips was chair, no longer acting chair, I was able to speak with Commissioner Allison Clements, and she confirmed that she will not be seeking a second term to FERC. Clements at one point was actually rumored to be in the running as chair. You know, she was a favorite of renewable groups and climate groups. And a lot of folks thought, you know, she was a more natural pick for the White House to be chair, given her kind of more progressive policies versus Phillips' more moderate ones. Clearly, the White House didn't go that direction. And we can't say whether those two announcements are connected, but they did happen back to back. Wow, quite the news day out of FERC. So in your conversation with Commissioner Clements and others around FERC. I mean, what did you learn about why she's leaving? I know you're saying, you know, it's it's hard to say if these two personnel moves are connected, but anything else you can share about why she might be leaving at this point? Or what did she just tell you generally if, if you're not sure why? Yeah, so our conversation was really brief. She congratulated Chairman Phillips, and she said that she urged him to continue to be aggressive on moving transmission policies forward. That's something she's been a big proponent of. And she said that, you know, she looks forward to the rest of her time here. And if you look back at Clemenza's tenure at the commission, I think it's fair to say it has not been a super smooth ride. She has faced a lot of criticisms from Republicans in the Senate, for instance, over, you know, some alleged ties to the clean energy industry lingering. We've done some reporting that those are are really baseless claims about kind of any sort of corruption or anything there. And she's been vetted by the FERC's ethics office and all of that. But that certainly paints a picture of kind of the context that she has been commissioner in. And she's also butted heads regularly with some of the other commissioners. That's actually been pretty common in FERC over the years. You know, commissioners have friendly disagreements over policies, but she's definitely stood out as as one of the more progressive members on some of these issues. Right. And you did say that Commissioner Clements indicated she wants to you know, move these items on transmission. But I mean, why is her loss potentially 
such a big deal for Biden's ambitions to green the power grid and particularly on transmission? I mean, what's your sense of whether they can kind of get this stuff done while she's still there? You know, I do think that FERC will still be able to do big things on transmission to start off with. I mean, this transmission planning rule that's been in the works for two years now is by all everything I've heard going to happen in the next couple of months. And so Clement's exit won't impact that rule in particular, and it it won't do anything to, you know, impact the big rules that FERC has already passed in the last several years But I think the reason that her loss is potentially a big deal for Biden's ambitions is if you look at her loss coupled with Chair Richard Glick's loss, I mean, those are two people who were very vocal about their stance that FERC needs to be a regulator that doesn't fight the markets on the energy transition. They were big proponents of creating policies that were in line with, again, where the market is headed and where the money is flowing in bringing all these renewable energy projects online. And I think you just, without Clements, you just don't have that voice at the commission anymore. And the same thing on fossil fuel infrastructure, you know, under Chairman Glick, Glick and Clements were two of the biggest proponents of updating this 1999 policy, which we haven't talked about in forever, but this was, this is something that Clements has continued to push on as updating this policy that to better account for the impacts of natural gas infrastructure on low-income communities, communities of color, and on climate change. So you just really lose that voice and we don't know if we'll regain that voice. Right. And Clements's announcement has, of course, upped the urgency for the White House in the Senate to fill the two vacant seats. So what's your sense on where Democrats are in that process and why it's taking them so long to put forth any nominee? We know that energy chair Joe Manchin has, you know, applied pretty strict scrutiny to kind of the type of people he'd like to see. So, I mean, how much of it has been that and, and how do you see them proceeding? Yeah, this has really become such a contentious process in recent years. The latest that we know is that there's a name floated, David Rosner. He is a staffer at FERC, and he is favored by Senator Joe Manchin to move forward. I haven't heard anyone opposes him. So it seems like it's really a matter of putting forward a pairing. It's traditional for the White House to put forward a pairing, a Democrat and a Republican. And it's been crickets from Republicans so far. I haven't heard any name out of out of Republicans. I haven't even heard that they're working on anything. So really don't have any information there. But now, of course, with Commissioner Clements's departure, there's also a third seat open. So now we're looking at, you know, three seats that need to be filled before her potential exit in June, which could leave the commission without a quorum. And without a quorum, they can't they can't approve natural gas infrastructure. They can't pass any big rules. So this could be a really urgent situation for the Senate and for the White House. Also, General Electric says it is scrapping plans for a massive new offshore wind turbine and a setback to a trio of projects in New York State that had planned to use it. The manufacturer had planned to build an 18-megawatt turbine in New York, but will instead use a 15-megawatt turbine. Three projects that won contracts last year to sell power to New York based their bids on the availability of the 18-megawatt turbine. As a result, developers will need to install more turbines to deliver the same amount of electricity to New York, potentially increasing projects' costs and footprint. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. 
I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, who is innovating to help responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.